And welcome back to yet another unbelievably splendiferous edition of On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio. And our guest this week is the illustrious and mega-talented Carl Gregory. For those of you who are asking, who the hell is Carl Gregory? I'm going to tell you. Carl makes his living by impersonating somebody else's idea of real people. He has an MFA in acting from Brown University. He is a world-class bartender, and I'll attest to that. He likes shoes. He likes tacos. He was a resident actor at Ithaca's Kitchen Theater for six years, where he appeared in over 40 shows. You do the math. His career has been peppered with awards, including the Salt Award, the Syracuse Area Live Theater, I'm clever, for playing 40 characters in Becky Mode's play, Fully Committed. He was voted Best Local Actor by the Ithaca Times, and most recently worked in Michael Perlman's play From White Plains, which received the GLAAD Award. Welcome back to Ithaca, Carl Gregory. Thanks, George. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. Okay, so you're currently appearing, you just did a five-week run in Michael Perlman's play From White Plains. Yeah. Off-Broadway, and you're going to bring it to the Kitchen Theater, opening October 16th. Yeah. Um, and you've been involved with this uh, since its actual inception, all the way from bright ideas straight through writing and workshopping. How did this happen? How do you know Michael Perlman? Uh, well, Michael and I went to graduate school together at uh, the Brown Trinity MFA program. Um, in fact, everyone involved in the production kind of met at Brown Trinity. Uh, all of the actors, the writer-director, um, most of our designers are all people that we met at Brown. So we've know, all known each other for a long time, which kind of made this collaboration process really special, that we all had the same working vocabulary. So once we got into a room with this idea, we all knew how to talk about play structure. We all knew how to talk about character and, and driving forward in the creation of a new play. Who came up with the idea? The concept is Michael's. He had the inciting incident of the play, which is, you know, that first moment when the lights come up, he knew exactly what that was going to be. And so we wanted to create a play around bullying, around, you know, what's happening in this country. It's been happening for a very long time and had, you know, started to get a lot more media attention, but specifically the bullying of LGBT youth. Now, you know, you ask, oh, well, you're not an LGBT youth anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm 34 years old. So this play explores kind of what, where we are as adults, grown men in our early mid-30s, and kind of what has happened to us in high school and where that leaves us now. You know, what, what are we left with trying to grow up and responsibility about what's happened to you in life, what you've done in life, choices you've made, and kind of, uh, you know, the maturation process of becoming an adult and choosing to move forward or choosing to kind of live your life by things that have crippled you in the past. Bullying is one of the things that happens mostly to kids, grade school kids, high school kids, and it's a scar that never goes away. It stays with you. You kids who have been bullied dread going to school every yeah. day. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, I told you before, I just, I just saw a thing on Facebook from a friend of mine posting for a friend of hers that um, their kid was being bullied heavily all through school and they, they, they found him hanging. Yeah. And uh, the note this morning was that the, uh, um, the poor kid had passed away. He received no help. There was no, there was no place for him to go. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's terribly, terribly unfortunate. There are people who have survived the bullying process and they go on through the rest of their lives and they carry it with them. It's not yeah. something, it's not something they can just 
get rid of. Yes, it, it, so. it, it becomes a part of them. Let's let's talk about the, the premise of the show for a moment. Okay. Your character, Dennis Sullivan, in his acceptance speech at the Oscars, reveals that he'd been bullied in high school. Mm-hmm. And before the entire Oscar-watching audience, he outs the kid who bullied him. Yeah. All right. Says to the whole wide world, Ethan Rice is the kid who made my life hell yes. because I'm gay. Yes. Right? And part of it is... Oh my gosh, he's getting revenge. After all this, he's getting his own back. I mean, that's that's a typical first response to this. Uh-huh. But isn't that also what he does in an unbelievable form of bullying? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the difficulty, the complication about it is, is that he, he never intended to out this kid in his Oscar acceptance speech. It kind of just happened in the moment. But, you know, just like the bully in high school, I don't really think that kids intend to make other people feel bad. It's something that is bred in our society that to make you feel good about a person, a very learned way of doing that is to make other people feel bad. So, so it's a very learned behavior in our society of, oh, I want to feel better about myself. I can make that person feel bad. Because right. they are less than me, yeah. they are different, right. you know. Well, we I mean, see this happening with adults in this country. Oh, you know? oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a question of how do how do I make myself feel better? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 You know, whatever. I've I've been through this kind of pain. I've been through that kind of pain. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I don't think that necessarily um, my character Dennis sees what he's doing as bullying, but. That's where the complication of theater comes in. <laughs> it, it, it raises a, a very good point. It's on one hand, we want to sympathize with Dennis because he has been through hell, and that comes out during the play. And it, we see the remaining injury mm-hmm. coming back and resurfacing. Yep. Right? It's. I'm sure it's not something he's he's thought about over the years. I mean, I'm sure he's concentrated on life, on his career, and yep. he's moved ahead with everything. But all of a sudden this issue comes back and it brings back those demons. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a question of how he handles it and how we in the audience believe he should handle it. Mm-hmm. So what was the response been to, to From White Plains? Uh, reviews, audience members, that, has, has anybody said anything that, that, that resonated with you, especially because of this play? Yeah, yeah. We've had a wide range of responses. I mean, um, the production did win a Glad Media Award, which was really kind of exciting <laughs> um, for us. But yeah, we've, we did the show twice in New York, the second one being a five-week run at the Signature Theater. And um, the way the Signature Theater is set up, uh, all of the theaters, all of the five different theaters dump out into one main lobby uh, where like a bar is and everything. So we would kind of hang out after every show and, you know, see friends who were coming and talk to people. And we had a lot a lot of reactions from varying types of people who came to see the show, you know. Like what? Um, I had one older woman in her 60s come up to us with tears coming down her face saying that this is one of the most important plays that I've seen and this has to be done everywhere. (laughs) People need to see this play because it's complicated. It's, It's... did she say why it affected her so deeply? She didn't go into specifics, but I could tell that there was that there was something very deep and very long ago in her mm-hmm. past about it. You know, you can just you could just tell looking at her that that it was something 
something indelibly resident in her psyche. Y- yes, yes, yes. You know. Um, Did anybody come up to you and say, "Hey, this play meant something to me because I was bullied all through school"? Or oh, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of um, you know certainly gay guys around our age say, you know, that was my story. That's mm-hmm. that's what happened to me, and still trying to overcome it or get through it or figure out how to not necessarily let go of it because I don't think you can really ever let go of the past. Right. You kind of have to like pick it up and carry it with you instead uh, of it's, it's, it it's, behind you. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you know? it's a part of you. You can't yeah. just cut off parts of you and let them go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, we also had some people who were very angry um, at the show, which I think is a very valid reaction. You Absolutely. Know. I, 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 th- I think it's a great reaction. Well, it's, it's, it's a horrible and very touching, uh, horrible and touching subject. It's, yeah. you have sympathy for the, for the kid who's being bullied. You, you look in horror at the, at the person who's actually doing it, and you wonder, how can we as people let this happen? Where does this come from? Why are we capable of doing this kind of cruelty at all? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said before, I think it's a learned behavior in society, you know, right. and it still happens as adults. You know, we have a Congress that's that's a, a complete bully right now. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's that's a whole nother four shows. right there. <laughs> The idea comes out. Michael Perlman comes up with the idea uh-huh. and he talks to you and your crew, your, your, your co-actors and, uh-huh. and tech crew and says, I want to do this. Tell me about the process. I mean, how did the development process go, and what was your role in it? Yeah, well, um, we actually started out, um, you know, we had a meeting and everything, but then um, since we were all kind of uh, doing different things at at the beginning of it, we set up a private Tumblr feed. Um, And if you don't know what Tumblr is, Tumblr is a website where you can compile, you know, like a blog. You can compile quotes and uh, links to articles, pictures, songs, you know anything. So all of us were on this Tumblr, uh, the designers included, everyone. So we would all gather information, articles, um, songs, personal stories, you know, things that happened to us in high school, share all of these things so that we were all reading and commenting and, and absorbing the same, um, you know, base of information. So that when we finally did get into a rehearsal room, to start proper rehearsals, you know, we still didn't really have a script, but we all knew what we were talking about. Right. You know, we all knew what was going on mm-hmm. and what we really wanted to address. <clears throat> so then um, Michael would, you know, write some scenes, bring them in. We'd all, you know, read them, discuss them, talk about them. And not only from, you know, my character's point of view, but about the story, the story, the story, the story, always the story, what's right. happening in the story. Right. Well, know? the play. The yeah, play. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you as an actor, did it ever come to a point where you had to, you were at a crossroads, you had to make a decision, what was best for the play as opposed to what you thought was appropriate for your character? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I... I I think that that happened a lot, um, and certainly for different characters. You know, we were always trying to figure out, like, how do we make this person more complex? You know, mm-hmm. so we, you know, say take the the character of Dennis, and for a long time, um, 
Dennis was just um, very likable. You know, we we empathized with him the whole time. And at one point, we were like, we have to we have to be able to not like him to really make it a a, a well-rounded, complex human thing. Right. He has to be flawed, you know. And that's a very fine line, trying to flaw someone yeah. who you yeah. see mm-hmm. as, you know, a hero or... Well, you know. I mean, the natural tendency is to want to like character and to want to find something in them that you can sympathize with. Yeah. So you can buy into the character more and they have more of an, an emotional effect on you. Yeah, yeah. Turning your character into someone who does something inexcusable is tough for an actor because it reduces their sympathy level. Yep. And they start to look at you not the way you want to be looked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, for an actor, I mean, I'm always trying to find ways that I can embody that that person who doesn't um, want to be seen mm-hmm. as... I'm always trying to find, like, the... What do I not like about this person? Because right. that's really what's going to make them human. You know what I mean? You can do the likable stuff oh, sure, like yeah. very easily, but to to really make it, you know, a complex theater experience. You know, and um, uh, going back a little bit to your question, um, you know, there are there are a lot of things that happened. You know, there are a couple you know specific things about the text that changed. That you know, I was really sad to see some things go because they were so right and so such like a gem but they didn't serve the story anymore believe me i know that story really well (laughs) you know and you're sad to see it go but but it but you know it's about the play it's It's about the story it It has to be be about the play yes I, i know there were nights when i when i have sat there and a brilliant idea has just you know, come down to me. The muse has come down as and, and has stuck her finger in my ear and squirted the idea into my brain. And, <laughs> and I sit there and I think, I'm so clever, I'm so brilliant. And we get into production and we get into development. And, and it doesn't it work. It doesn't fly. It just it doesn't. Just, and, yeah. It's, and you try to make it work and you try to shove it, cram it in, but it just... Doesn't. It, it doesn't work. Yeah, a friend of mine says this is called killing your darlings. Yep. What kind of analogy do you bring to this play that was that was personal? I mean, it, it's this 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 is a play that's going to touch everybody who sees it. Does this bring back anything for you that is hard to deal with? Um, um, were you bullied, and how did you handle it? If you were, um, yeah, I was bullied. I was bullied pretty badly um, in middle school and high school. Um, and by some people close to me. Um, so uh, working on this um, play was very, very personal. Uh, it was very personal to all of us who were working on this play um, in very different ways. Sure. Um, so we all brought a lot of very different things to this play. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've been in therapy for years now, and it's, you know, still something that, I have uh, that I struggle with being seen as a as a valid um, important person in society where for so long society has told us and still continues to Republican Party that gay people are not as valuable as straight people Um, 
so it's it's still something that continues today. So sure it, it it's yeah, it's it you know it's not that it's not escapable. So yeah, this play is very very personal, and it it costs you know a little something each time to do this play. Um, but you know, in my opinion, that's good theater. It's got to cost something. It does yeah. have to cost something. If you if you walk out of there unchanged, yeah. you didn't get your money's worth, yeah. and somebody's wasted a whole lot of your time. You sent me the script on this a few weeks ago, and I read it. And the first time I read it, I was pretty much in tears about halfway through. <laughs> well, no, it, it brought back memories. I was bullied all Oof. through grade school, mm-hmm. all right, mercilessly. I dreaded going to school. I would fake sick. I would, you know, do whatever it took to yeah. not have to go to school because, yeah. granted, I'm not LGBT, but I was the smallest kid in school. Yeah. And I was the one who never had to study, so I ended up having to do everybody else's homework. I ended up, uh, you know, being the one in the corner who yeah. just got slugged because, yeah. right? And because you were different. Because, I, well, I was different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's it was what it comes down to. Demographically, I was different. Also, I was, you know, half Italian kid with an Italian last name, in uh, an area neighborhood that was that was basically Irish, yeah. and this was the Bronx. People had neighborhoods, yeah. and you know, you were different. You stuck out. You yep. paid the price. So yeah, I, I read this play, and uh, you know, it's, it it brought back a whole lot of different memories for me, and it, it made me think about how I live my life now, and the yeah. decisions I make, and the perspectives I have on things, and the way I react to you know, somebody trying to get one over on me, right. or you know, it's <laughs> it it colors your entire existence. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, one of the things I wanted to bring up was. Um, dealing with this okay how do kids deal with this now it seems Uh as though there's been lately it's become the issue of importance and it's been getting Uh a lot of press Uh um, bullying not just not just lgbt bullying but you know bullying all over the place yeah um it seems like everybody's just kind of waking up to this and really starting to address it big time and i think there's there's probably a lot of reasons for this um I know one of our fellow theater companies in town, uh, the Reader's Theater of Ithaca, mm-hmm. um, Emory Cummings is, is the artistic director, and she is partnering with various agencies, Pacer among one, to combat and draw attention to the problem of bullying. Um, but after all this time, why is everybody suddenly getting proactive about the problem? It's nothing new. It's been around for hundreds, thousands of years. But recently, it's been getting a lot of press. Why, yeah. I mean, why do you think? Well, you thoughts on this? Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, like I said, it's a long-standing generation after generation kind of thing. But I think it's getting a lot more press now as, you know, the kind of uh, um, gay equality issues are coming up more and more. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're a much more accepted if not completely accepted part of society Mm -hmm. so that's going to shine a light you know on that personally and i've definitely talked to a lot of people for whom this is true as well but there's a lot of shame around bullying especially when you've been bullied you know there's a lot of shame around it Um, and that's starting to come away a little bit as these stories come out more and more there's less and less shame around it so i think that you know one kind of begets the other so that there's now a national conversation because there's a, just a little less shame about being victimized in that way. 
Well, the more people who come out and say, yeah, it happened to me, yeah. the more it comes out of the closet. And we realize that we who have been bullied are not special. It's gone on all over the place. Yeah. And I know from growing up in the schools and the areas that I did, I wasn't the only one. Yeah. There were there were lots of us, but we've always felt alone because there was nobody to talk to. This brings back one of the one of the crazier aspects of, of my youth. In the backs of comics, there used to be this several panel ad. There's skinny kid on the beach with his girlfriend. Big bruiser guy comes along, kicks sand in his face, literally kicks sand in the kid's face, uh -huh. right? And proceeds to deride him, degrade him in front of his girlfriend. And he's he sits there and all righteous consternation and says, I wish there was something I could do about this. The ad, it's its a Charles Atlas ad. Okay, huh. you know, in just seven days I can make you a man, all that nonsense, right? Uh -huh. The answer to this is become a bruiser and address violence with violence. Oh, great. Yeah. That's I, awesome. But that was all <laughs> over the place. And that was, for those of us, way back when. Yeah. Right? That was the, the only thing that we could see giving us any kind of, of you know, uh, way out of it yeah and teachers and parents their advice was well just stand up to them once you stand up to them they'll go away yeah uh no not true no, it, it just doesn't work that it does it doesn't work um what kind of resources are there now for for kids i mean if you're a kid being bullied and you're out there and you're listening to this yeah What's available to them? Well, in Ithaca uh, and Tompkins County, certainly, there is the Suicide Prevention and Crisis Service, uh, which you can find online at IthacaCrisis.org. They also have a toll-free number, which is 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255. And then nationally, there is the Trevor Project, which was started by um, Dan Savage, which is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hotline. It is 7386, and you can find them on the web at thetrevorproject.org. Um, so, I mean, those are two resources that I know of that you can literally, like, either go online and chat with people at The Trevor Project, or you can call them and just talk. I think that talking is, uh, you know, one of the best ways to reduce that shame around it mm -hmm. and get other people to to tell you their stories, to know that you're not alone, you know? I mean, I've got a little beef with the Trevor Project about their whole it gets better right. kind of sure. thing, because I don't really believe that. I don't really think that it gets better. I think it gets easier. It changes. Yeah. But, I mean, I got called a faggot on the streets of Chelsea three months ago in Manhattan. In Manhattan. In my neighborhood. In Chelsea. In really? Chelsea. I got called a faggot. So, you know what? Did I... Does it get better? I don't really know about that statement. You learn to survive better. You learn to survive better, yeah. It gets different. Things change. Um, but I certainly don't want to take away from the work that the Trevor Project is doing. Um, well, I mean... No solution is, is going to be perfect. Yes. And this is this yes. is something that we people are trying to find a way to eradicate, of course, yeah. um, by teaching our kids that this is wrong, that this is horrible. Yeah. Um, and it is because, as we mentioned before, this, this poor other kid couldn't take it any longer. Yeah. And he took the only way out that he thought was available to him. Yeah. And we've lost another bright soul out there yeah um, yeah i mean a, a tagline that we came up with for our show was just because it gets better doesn't mean it didn't happen 
right. which I think is is really the reality of it. Sure. Is, you know, okay, may, maybe it does get better, you know. Maybe it does get better. Let's say it does get better. It doesn't mean that all of that stuff didn't happen didn't to you. Happen, right? It's still... It's still it's still be- there. It's cemented into your past. It's cemented into your psyche. You know, even though you've gone on in life and become someone, well, like yourself. I mean, who's an accomplished, respected actor, successful, lots of friends. Yeah. All right. For anybody who's been through this process, it stays with you. Yeah. You know, and that's uh, really what that's really what this show is exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so your character, Dennis Sullivan, mm-hmm. um, without giving too much away because I want everybody to go see this play. It's brilliant. You reach a crisis point as your character, and I'm not even sure that your character is aware of it, or he might be aware of it, and is unable to stop himself by becoming a bully. And my question to you is, as Carl Gregory, the actor, looking at this character, Mm -hmm. why does he do it? What's in his mind? And can you find access into... What makes a bully a bully? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I don't want to give too much away about the show. Um, but I think that, I mean, a, a, a major point about the show that I think we should mention is that um, one of Dennis's best friends in high school, who was also gay, killed himself mm. uh, because of the bullying that this kid, Ethan Rice, and his friends, you know, um, kind of did to them. So for Dennis to live his whole life with that kind of trauma behind him, that's a very, you know, that's something that's very different from me, you know. I don't know anyone from high school who killed themselves because of bullying. Um, I don't know anyone who's killed themselves because of bullying. I know plenty of people who've wanted to, as Carl raises his hand. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) So, you know, I think Dennis, for to have that trauma for a very long time and to have it kind of sleeping for a very long time. Say there was some healing that was going on during these 15 years out of high school, but it's, it was kind of dormant. So now that it's struck up in a kind of a very public yet very private way, a, a, a lot of anger and the violence toward him are now kind of turned outward. And I don't think that it's necessarily a conscious thing on his part. Mm. I don't think he really knows that it's that bad. Well, he's obviously never been a bully before, so he doesn't know how that feels. But he's obviously caught up in whatever it is, and he's almost unable to do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he very much gets emotionally caught up in it. And his uh, partner... Um, his boyfriend, Greg, in the show, is trying to shine a light on it, trying to get him to see what he's doing. Mm -hmm. There's so much history and so much past hurt in him that he kind of just can't see past it. Old injuries are very hard to get past. Do you think bullying someone for gender-related or physical characteristic or for almost any reason that makes the, the person bullied stand out. Is that a hate crime? Does that kind of behavior, do you think it leads to hate crimes? The reason I ask is because we always come, when we talk about this sort of thing, we always seem to come back to the same thing. Matthew Shepard, you know, mm-hmm. his murder in 1998 uh, sparked, it went worldwide, sparked a huge outcry. Um, 
you know, Moises Kaufman's Laramie Project has yeah. been keeping that alive. You know, brilliant yeah. play, and we see the lives of everybody involved, and we see how complex this whole thing is, and we keep coming back to the fact that this this kid, who is just a kid, not, you know, like anybody else, um, met a horrible end. It, it's is it a hate crime? I mean, when somebody comes up and calls you faggot, is that a hate crime? Well, I think it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, isn't it? It's one of those things that people talk about. You know, what actually makes it a hate crime? Um, hate. It, well, hate yeah. is what makes it a hate crime, you know. Ooh, I'm starting to get very worked up. Because, <laughs> um, you know, talking about this is, is like still a little difficult, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this play raises so many questions that we don't really want to have to look at. Yeah. And when we think about, you know, and what we were party to or what we saw happening in, in, in other places, yeah. and we realize how endemic this problem is, yeah. it's scary as hell. Yeah. And I think the, you know, certainly a lot um, of people had the reaction of, um, we, we don't, we pose a lot of questions in this play about responsibility, maturity, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, uh, growing up, and we don't really answer the questions. So a lot of people kind of um, were not disturbed by that, but but they wanted answers, and we don't give them answers. Everybody wants answers. I mean, how many plays have you been to where the pro- the problem comes up, and it doesn't give you answers. It doesn't you give know? You, you have to figure it out, and I think that's. I think that's the real deep beauty about this play is that we we raise a lot of issues for you to go home and talk about. <laughs> oh, theaters should be conversation. Absolutely. Should be. Okay. Um, so the show opens up October 16th, 16th and yep. runs until? November 10th. November 10th. Okay. Kitchen Theater, Ithaca. Go see this play. You're going to love it. Um, might be a little premature, but what's next for you after this? What are you going to do when this is done? I have no job and no prospects. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, Carl is for hire. Um, <laughs> give him a call if you need somebody to act <laughs> or impersonate somebody's idea of a real person. Carl Gregory, thank you so very, very much for coming in and talking to us today. Um It's been a great interview, and it's really good to see you again. You too, buddy. You too. Thanks for having me. Anytime.